listening to KSVU 90.1 FM radio, Hamilton Concrete, and uh, this is a lovely Sunday morning, I am sure, out there in the world, and I am here at Lyndon Jordan to uh, do the Inspiration Hour, and who's here with me? Cindy Myers. <laughs> it's the twosome again, but we are turning it into a threesome today. You want to introduce our special guest? Yes, we have our dear friend... Kevin, who is the pastor at Mount Baker Presbyterian Church. Want to say hi? Hello, everybody in listener land. I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) So we are going to do an interview here today with Kevin. Um, Kevin uh, started at Mount Baker about two years ago. Yes. And... um, He's, uh, I would say, a mover and shaker of concrete right now, which is great. You're seeing some really good things within the community that yeah. we're doing. Um, but I would love to hear your your call story. What what oh. brought you? What brought you here to this this time, this space here? Um, you know, I've had a unique journey to ministry in general. Um, you know, I come from a life of addiction, homelessness, brokenness, um, incarceration, the whole nine yards. Um, and Jesus really walked into my darkness one day and said, this is not what I want for you. I want you to go be the light in other people's darkness to help lead them out. Um, and so I was working with a little ministry in uh, in Burlington called Terranueva. Uh, and I came out to Mount Baker and I delivered a sermon one day as pulpit supply. And then they kept asking me to come back. And so one day they just said, Hey, will you come out here and be our pastor? There's a suffering community, uh, all around us and we don't know how to get involved and we want to get involved. Um, and we want you to help us do that. Um, which was kind of crazy for me because of where I come from, you know, uh, and, after lots of prayer and discernment, I really felt like all the reasons that I found uh, that I shouldn't come out here is uh, all the reasons why I should. Um, so That's interesting that you said that they were looking for ways to reach out into the community. And so they, they saw that your, the words that you were preaching on Sunday mm-hmm. were, were words that they wanted others to hear as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I have a soapbox sermon on the parable of the Good Samaritan. I won't go down that track because we'll be here for a couple of days. But, uh, (laughs) um, you know, it's just uh, I also work as a jail chaplain. So I meet a lot of people from concrete uh, inside the jail. Um, I've met a few uh, a couple of weeks ago. Three people at the table were all from this area. So um, it's it's good to to be in there and then also out here and so you have a connection with their place that they use they live when they're not incarcerated how do you do you keep in contact with their families as well you know it all depends on how you know sometimes i just meet them at a bible study they sit for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes and mm-hmm. then i never hear from them again and some i've been able to follow for a while nice um, nice you know and then there's some that uh I actually, I'm a little bit happy when I see their name on the jail roster just because I know they're in a place of safety. Yeah. 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 So, Kevin, tell me a little bit about your family. I I know you have a family that, um, beautiful family that um, 
I see come with you to your church on Sunday. Yeah. So I have my wife, Danielle. She's, we've been together coming up on eight years now. Um, and then we have three wonderful kids together. We have Asher, who just turned five, Quinn, who just turned three, and then Fox, who uh, is nine months. Um, <laughs> they're all pretty well evenly spaced apart. And uh, um, this is the greatest joy of my life is being those, those kids as parents. You know, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're really great. It's fun watching you with them. You're a good dad. Thank you. Um, so I, I would love to talk. I, one of the things that we do on this um, radio show is we talk about um, the similarities mm-hmm. that we have in our faiths and the similarities we have as human beings. And um, I just I love the idea of of our similarities instead of our differences and um i think when um we met i was the intern at shepherd of the hills and um and we discussed you know you know what this community um was struggling to Mm -hmm. do and trying to find places for them to um i don't know reach out to each other and help as a community instead of um, maybe being s- separate entities, you yeah. know, I don't want to use the word segregated, but it kind of sometimes feels that way um, when they're off in their own directions. Um, what would you say that um, that you feel is part of that call for you? I, I feel uh, I'm really good at connecting with people um and i'm and it seems like i have a talent for or an ability i think the ability is better is a better word than talent i have ability to bring people together um and uh so one of the things that i'm trying to do is uh or that i'd like to see happen is um all of us the churches especially uh come together for the and work towards the the betterment of our of our community um how can you know we don't have to share the same theology or anything like that but you know that it's i think it's in john where it says uh you know uh i am the vine and my father is the vine dresser you know uh we are all part of that vine so how can we how can we help make each other better? Right. And part of that vine is weak and part of the vine is strong, mm-hmm. helping those who are weak. You know, yeah. I agree. Um, so um, what what do you hope for? What is your hope? What is do you have a oh, I don't know if a goal is in mind, but but um, my you, goal is to not fall on my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it all of us? My goal is also to uh, be a really good, healthy representative of Jesus. My goal is to serve this community, uh, not just the not just Mount Baker Presbyterian, but the whole upriver community with mm-hmm. uh, strength and dignity, mm-hmm. um, and compassion and love and understanding. Yeah, and I think you're doing a great job of that. Thanks. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, when we were doing some talk at some of the meetings that I had gone to, we talked about you know, shelters, and we talked about our homeless, and we actually even went out into yeah. the community looking for, not looking for, well, I guess we were kind of looking for homeless communities, which isn't really um We just unheard. wanted to go find people who were suffering and start right. a conversation. Right, um, And yeah, that was, a, that was a good afternoon. I got to see parts of this area that I hadn't seen before. Right. Um, like, I'd never seen salmon berries just 
growing right next to a, a creek before and I'm like, holy smokes. <laughs> um, as I'm running away from the mosquitoes at the same time. Um, yeah, when we were out. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm we were, sorry, I was, I, was, I was remembering that and just going, man, that was a really cool creek. And, and yeah. But we had um, some interesting, I mean, I think what some feel is homeless mm-hmm. may not necessarily feel homeless to those who are living in that. Um, and I think that's the, the one of the harder things that I know that day that we were out. Um, I had a hard time defining what was what someone wanted to live mm-hmm. and what some chose, you know, that this was a chosen way of living and what wasn't. Yeah, that's always hard to define. Um, you know, when just speaking from experience, you know, I went in my period I went from I had a nice two-bedroom condo up in Birch Bay right on the water um, and I lost everything in the in in the blink of an eye and all the way on down to from living in my car to having nothing to live in uh, sleeping in the the porches of abandoned houses and stuff like that you know so it's all relative to you and your circumstance um for me, I knew I didn't want to be there. I just didn't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if anything, any type of good fortune happened my way, I'd use that as a celebration to like go get high or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, I'm being blessed <laughs> with this, what, with this, whatever. But um, you know, it's it's all, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and um, and and you say that that Christ came to you and it filled that hole that, that you, and was this, was this while you were incarcerated or was this after or? So, um, I was camping outside of a church in, uh, Cesar Woolley. I used to be the, it used to be Trinity Presbyterian at sunrise. Now, um, uh, the church was super, super nice to me. They ran power outside, gave me a cot, uh, the whole nine yards and I'd snuggle up and I'd sleep there. I'd had, I had a heating pad that I'd put in my sleeping bag with me so I could stay warm. And my now wife woke me up one day and said, uh, I'm pregnant and I'm going to the doctor. I'm like, Holy smokes. And, uh, I was kind of in a fog. I was addicted, you know, I was on drugs at the time. So it was one of those, like, what, what is happening here? So I ran up and I caught up to her, uh, and we got on the bus and we didn't talk. Went all the way to, rode the bus all the way to the doctor's office, didn't talk, got to the doctor's office, and uh, we had our little chihuahua with with us. And so I couldn't even go into the doctor's office for the appointment. And she comes back out and says, yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm like, well, what does that mean? And we, and we didn't talk. And we got on the bus, oh, and we yeah. didn't talk. And we and we didn't talk. And uh, I wasn't living right at the time. And so I think that's the first time that I ever really prayed because I said, God, we need to be forcibly removed from this if we're going to survive this. I said, God, you know, if the baby's going to survive, we need to be forcibly removed. Uh, my wife at the time was on electronic home monitoring at her parents' house. Uh, when we got back to where I was camping at the church, we fell asleep and got woke up by the sheriff's department. Hmm. I got ran, my name got ran, and it came back clean, uh, but hers came back as home monitoring, and the sergeant or the the jail sergeant ordered for her to be arrested on the spot. Mm. God answered the prayer, not the way that I wanted him to, but he answered the prayer. She was forcibly removed from the situation. 
Um, she was revoked on her uh, on her electronic home monitoring and and uh, stayed in jail for 96 days. Mm. Uh, w- after that happened, I was on the streets for about another month, um, and that's when I found my way to Tierra Nueva. Uh, and I just showed up, and people just loved me. They didn't care that I was homeless. They didn't care that I smelled bad. They didn't care that I was sticking a needle in my arm. They just wanted to introduce me to a relationship with Jesus. Um, and right there at Tierra Nueva in Burlington, uh, there's the cross on the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I kept feeling called back to that area. And so I went around all into all my areas and I picked up all my stuff and I put it all in one spot. Um, and I started sleeping in their parking lot under a broken down box truck. And, uh, I really felt like the call, I felt like I was close. I had no idea who God or Jesus was, but I felt like I was close to them because I was sleeping under that cross. And then the train would come by at night and with their horn, and my brain associated that horn of a uh, God's trumpet scaring all the evil away from me, so I could, so I could like uh, resurrect my, be resurrected basically. Um, and I worked my way into a, a recovery program, New Earth Recovery, that was uh, they just started the men's house at at Tierra Nueva, so I was able to just slide right on into uh, residential treatment housing. Uh, got involved in. Uh, over at Phoenix with a drug intensive outpatient did all of that I mean I graduated from the trust and moved out uh moved in with my wife before I even finished going to drug treatment and uh it was one of those like I could just walk away but I stuck it out and finished it off there's nobody was making me do it I I did it on my own wow and so God really broke through my darkness in that um you know I I felt a different one of the one of the requirements of New Earth Recovery for the residents is that they attend some sort of faith community for the time that they're there. So um, every Sunday evening, 4.30 at Terra Nueva, I would sit there and just listen to what, what the pastors were saying. And it was the first time I'd ever been to a church and I didn't feel like what they were saying was wrong. Like I'd gone to churches before and I'd heard guys talking I'm like that's just not right and so I felt like a real pull and a draw there because of that I was like I couldn't find one thing to argue with and at that point in my life that's like all I wanted to do was argue and push people away <laughs> well, yeah that's kind of how Christ brought, broke through the door and how how did you get involved with the Presbyterian church yeah that's uh when uh after doing a few sermons they asked me to come out and uh be their pastor in Northwest Coast Presbytery uh, developed an internship program uh, for me, specifically catered to my the, the stuff where I'm good and and uh, in, with experience and the stuff that I'm lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was catered for me. Um, it was about a year long process. I did a year as an intern here at the church uh, through a mentorship program. Uh, and it's a it's a way through the church to to gain ordination without having to go to seminary. So nice. um, it's all on the job training, learning as you go, and just finding your way through the darkness. You know, right? And you're completed all that, yes, and, and ordained, and, and and now you're the official, not intern, but official pastor. Yeah. Of- so I did a year internship, and then I was uh, ordained and installed. October October was a year, so nice. been there for a year. I'm in year two of actual installation. So, and and you have something, some kind of news that's going on in our community right now. So yeah, um, what was it? Shortly after I first came, 
and we started getting together and we started meeting. One of the one of the uh, concerns that I heard from people was I remember uh, I remember when uh, M came up to us one day as we were as me you and Bruce and. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else was sitting at five B's and she was talking about an employee that needed a place to take a shower Yeah, um, because his radiator had blown up on him and he had wounds and couldn't even take clean his wounds. Right. And so we started tossing around the idea of like, what would it be to create a safe place, uh, a, a shower that vetted people could go use. And then, uh, then the community, uh, Claudia from community action and John Boggs came and talked to the session of the church about how the how it would benefit the shower and it didn't really gain any traction after that and then uh, last year right before all the snow hit I can't remember the lady who used to work for community act Cheryl Cheryl and then uh, uh, Sarah Hinman from the Department of Public Health and I all got together at the church and they were talking about the potential of putting some kind of uh, inclement weather shelter out here in concrete uh, the county is really pushing for this right now the county commissioners have all sent out letters to all the faith communities um, asking for the church's help in caring for the people who are because of the housing yeah it's a it's a mess right, but right. um so that started a conversation there was no way we could get anything up and running in the time that they were looking at so it kind of got shelved we went through the summer and then we started having some meetings again community action you know the county uh talking about it and it just kind of it didn't seem like it was really working or feasible so i hit the brakes um and then uh sarah from sarah henman from the county called me and said if we contract with another nonprofit to come in and use your building to run the shelter could we use your building i said yeah uh, that's let's let's have another meeting and talk about it so at that first meeting it was the the people of welcome home skagit the 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 county and the elders of the church we all got together we talked about it heard what they were saying and the church voted yes to wonderful uh, or the session voted yes to move move forward with it uh, so the the church is really kind of spearheading this thing of like wanting to uh, get involved with other community leaders to help we want to treat the individual and not the problem right um, we want to try to help connect them to services to make themselves better but we also want to love them as they do it right right um, we started talking about budgets and dates and i said you know one very key thing i said is that we're if we do this we're not going to be an overflow for mount vernon or anything like that we want to concentrate on the upriver community uh particularly it, it just really gained traction really fast and so it got to the point where uh we just recently had a meeting with a uh, law enforcement uh, city council, mayor. the mayor, welcome home Skagit, uh, community action. Claudia from community action was there. Um, I think M even came, mm-hmm. uh, there was about 19, 20 people there. Uh, community, uh, Rob Thomas was there. Bruce Martin was there. We were all there. There's a plan in place for a shelter now to four week trial run, uh, potentially starting February 15th okay. of this year, run for four weeks, assess the need of the community. Um, I don't want to just, throw a dated uh, you know a date-to-date shelter without knowing the the actual need right right um so but the only way to really assess the need is to open to up open and it up open right. up something and right. run it so january 22nd at 6 p.m uh at the church mount baker presbyterian 45705 main street uh is going to be the community uh community information meeting good so anybody we're going to start advertising or we will have been advertising 
that by the time this thing runs. So yeah. so yeah, so we'll have people be able to come and voice their thoughts or concerns of any kind, which is good. Um, you know, I was wondering also, um, we, we talked about your family and mm-hmm. your, your wife is also doing yes. minister, yeah. ministerial work. It, yeah. Could you t- talk a little or address that a little bit as yeah. well? Yeah, so my wife is a jail chaplain. Uh, we're both jail chaplains. Uh, she is a jail chaplain at the Skagit County Jail. Um, she is uh, a women's lead pastoral advocate for Tierra Nueva. She's also uh, just uh, all-around phenomenal lover of God, and she exudes joy everywhere she goes. Um, she's pretty amazing. So no. did she, um, during your time, I mean, this it sounds like when you finally uh, hit rock bottom and found Christ, uh, was this part of her journey as well? I mean, yeah. did she kind of yeah. jumped on that as well and it, it's, saw? It's kind of crazy because uh, when I was first got clean and, and started uh, started looking at the Bible and Jesus in our lives and stuff like that, we'd talk on the phone and I'd go visit her and we weren't telling each other what we were reading in the Bible, but we get together and be like, Hey, I just read this thing in the Bible. And she'd be like, I read that too. (laughs) And we would talk about it. And so I I really chalked that up to the Holy spirit as like breathing life into both of us at the same time Mm -hmm. and, uh, and connecting us through scripture. Yeah. Yeah. How sweet. How very sweet. So she is now, uh, when I received this call to come and be the pastor of Mount Baker Presbyterian, uh, we both saw it as a, a call, not just a call on me, but a call on our entire family. family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, now that I have finished, she has now started the the uh, commission pastor process. Nice. Um, so uh, with Northwest Coast Presbytery to serve at Tiranueva and Burlington. So will she do it? Will she do the same program that you did through the presbytery? So, or? so it's the same program, but the training is uh, is uh, is is designed specifically for her and her strengths and weaknesses. Okay, cool. You know, I didn't think about this before. Um, It was noted to me by my partner that um, what, what, I guess we take it for granted that we know the differences in faiths, Mm -hmm. um, but not all of us do. And uh, what would you say distinguishes um, the Presbyterian church between, say, Concrete Community Bible Church or... Bruce's church, the, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, I do know that all three of those churches, uh, uh, community Bible church, uh, assembly of God and Mount Baker Presbyterian have a deep emphatic love for Jesus and the gospel and whatever that means. Um, um, so that's what I, I choose to look at. I don't want to look at the, like, oh, you preach it this way or that way. Right. Right. No, we're preaching the same thing and that's Jesus. And, um, and would you say, because I know um, Mount Baker went for a while without a pastor. Yeah. And it looks, it feels to me, though, um, that, like you said, they were really ready, mm-hmm. f- want, desiring to do something within the community. And would you say that that's like not just your call, but almost a, a way of you marking what you're, you know, I know when I was in seminary, they said, you know, it, you really shouldn't be at a church for longer than Eight years, you know, eight years is about the time you should start right. kind of considering moving to another community or church. And, you know, because churches grow, they meet like the goal of what these folks are hoping for is to reach out into the community. You get them 
um, I, I'd like to say healthy in that that aspect um, yeah. that they've they've acquired the skills and tools that they wanted to learn from you, and then then you move on to another one and give them the, that that skill or whatever. Would you say that 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 is your hope or no, goal? Or? No, no, I you know this church community has shown me nothing but love since day one, and they've been as they've been as much a they've been as much of a role in my development as I've been as in their development. Right, right. So it's been a wonderful example of what mutual transformation really is because right. we are, we are transforming together. Um, so I have no desire to want to run away or leave or anything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. You know, um, this isn't like a, Hey, work my way up to another bigger, better church. It's, no. You know, yeah. No, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think it's always that case. I think sometimes the leaving of, at least in the Lutheran Church, we we try to keep pastors moving about eight, every eight to twelve years, just because not just because you're moving up mm-hmm. to a bigger, better, but you've you've established what that church's goal was, and there's, there's always room for a yeah, new goal. And then and then a and then a, pa- a pastor with a different skill comes in yeah. and, and puts them into that next so um, my so. mentor up in bellingham my presbyterian mentor he's been at his church for 17 years now so mm-hmm. um everybody that i know that uh is like uh you know and then my good friend in at mount vernon prez he's been there for seven years and he's has no intention on leaving um, yeah i'm technically third year i have no intention on yeah. going anywhere yeah yeah so I know you, you you and your wife also do podcasts. Yes. Can you tell tell us about that too? So we have the Hold Fast podcast. Uh, Hold Fast. Holdfastpodcast.org uh, on your browser. Or if you uh, have Apple Podcast app, you can find it on there. And it's basically just a, a chronicle of our life through ministry. It starts with an, an origin story where where I did a, the day that I was commissioned and installed at Mount Baker, I did a sermon on, you know, basically where I come from and how God called me to this place to, uh, I think the next episode is, uh, you know, talking about the birth of our third child, Fox, who was in a, it was an emergency C-section and he had to be resuscitated and the, the darkness and the, the horror that went into all of that to all the way through redemption, you know, um, into the Beatitudes and but then there's also there's little glimpses of of stories and some of the other ministry that we do from like inside the jail there's a few letters from inmates that have written their uh their perspective on on scripture there's uh another inmate in particular Duncan who uh is a is a prayer for him and his family which is pretty powerful um, and then my wife's got some, uh, she's got a letter that she wrote on there to Northwest Coast Presbytery about her criminal criminal record. You know, it's just, yeah, I, the, all the feedback that I've gotten from the podcast is pretty cool. It sounds amazing. There's uh, there's 30 episodes on there right now, so we're getting ready to start again uh, this month. And you do them weekly or? Um, it, it depends. Uh, I generally record the sermons from uh, Mount Baker mm-hmm. and then we'll just upload those on there. But we've also started partnering with uh, with other people, like one with that I did with Chris Hope. Uh, it's called uh, Talking About Opop, and that's okay. One Parish, One Prisoner. Chris uh, does a lot of uh, prison chaplaincy, okay. and he somebody handed him a letter one day that's, with some figures on it that said, there's just as many inmates as there are churches in the state of Washington. Hmm. And so Chris is like, well, One Parish, One Prisoner. 
what would it look like if every church adopted an inmate and tried to introduce him into wow. healthy community? Right. So he is, uh, he, so the episode is OPOP. What is it and how can you get involved? Um, and it's just, it's talking about that. Um, he's, there's pilot churches that are starting up that are adopting inmates, um, creating some kind of curriculum to introduce them into good, healthy community. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. So, um, what do you believe is going to be our, our, our challenge for this two, 2020 and in the world and in our community? You think that, um, not just our, but the churches in general, what do, what do you think are? Oh, I think the challenge is that sometimes we get caught up on not on what the message is, but who it is that's delivering the message. And I think the challenge is, is that we really need to listen to what God is saying to us through the message, not from the person who's delivering it. I don't know. (laughs) That's that one is thin ice. Yeah, I know. It's a hard it. This is a a community that we're in right now that um, we are looking at an interesting year of what could and can happen. Um, I think that challenge is you're right to find the um, the similarities in each other. Mm -hmm. Stop dividing and start looking into each other's eyes to find. Yeah, I heard I go to a ministry summit over in Spokane every year. And uh, one of the things that I heard over there this last year was uh, when we stop looking at the differences and start looking at the similarities, then we'll grow. Yeah. So stop yeah. looking at what separates us, but start looking at what brings us together. So um, I'm, I'm just kind of hanging out and listening to the two of you talk and in enjoying all the back and forth that was going on. And um, I sort of like that last thing you were talking about, Kevin, about how how we, we bring people together. Um, yeah. One of the things in a community, and I've certainly noticed that in our community, it's a whole lot easier to talk about how we differ than it is, again, to talk about where we have common ground. Well, it's called fight a frog and write a moth. Say more. Find a flaw and write the moth. There. Okay. Yeah. 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 Isn't that the truth, though? It is. And you ever just meet somebody that you don't like? Absolutely, all the time. Do you ever look in the mirror and go, oh, I didn't like that person because I saw something in myself in them? I hate that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever, man. Uh, and, and, and if there's any one experience that I've tried to teach myself is that when I get that sharp edge in myself is to ask that question. How am yeah, I like that it's, person? It's a lot easier to write somebody off than it is to deal with your own stuff. It really is. And um, I've, as on this radio show, I have um, been very you know, open in talking about my, my own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think on paper, it would, you and I would look like we were fairly different. Yeah. And yet I listen to you talk, and mm-hmm. I hear you talk about compassion and open heart yeah. and kindness yeah. and what can we do for our community. And if I'm looking for a common ground with you, that's my common ground. Totally. I listen to your experiences. I'm very moved by your experiences. Yeah. And I think one of the things I notice, because I am a critic of religion, Mm -hmm. I'm a critic of organized religion, and I'm fairly open about that. And one of the questions I always have is, we talk so much about Jesus, and you talk a lot Mm -hmm. about Jesus. Who is this guy? Jesus is the guy that makes all things possible. Okay. Um, He is healer, redeemer, and ultimately the one who says not guilty. Which is a pretty different picture than a lot of times who Jesus is portrayed to be. Because if, if I, I mean, I've, I've read the, 
the Bible. Yeah. I was taught the Bible a lot as a as a kid and a young adult. I don't find in the Bible Jesus portrayed in the way in which a lot of religions portray him. Yeah, you know, Jesus has been portrayed in a lot of different ways that it's not okay, just like God has. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, uh, I was, I follow this thing on, and here's just a really easy example, is I follow this feed on Facebook, and it's called Museum of the Bible. Okay. And one of the things that they are showcasing coming up is the Slaves Bible. There's a Bible that was directly designed for the slaves that it was edited in a way to show to cater to slavery why this bible says yeah this bible says slavery yeah. is okay so this is why it's okay that you're a slave exactly um, and it's okay that you're an owner and it's okay that you're an owner exactly yeah um so you know that's why that's why the holy spirit is so important because if you if somebody is preaching a version of jesus that you don't feel is right trust your gut but how can that be isn't there one? Isn't there one Jesus? There is one Jesus. So I guess maybe you're saying that we get into a lot of trouble because everybody interprets things from their own filters. Exactly. So everybody tells their own story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever play the game telephone? Absolutely. So, you know, I say Cindy's cut her finger. By the time it gets to you, she's lost an arm and Absolutely. she's on, on hospice in the whole Absolutely. nine yards. Absolutely. Um, are you going to believe that? Because you know Cindy well. Mm-hmm. You, you guys live together, right? So yeah. if I called you up and told you that, oh, Lyndon, I just heard, are you going to believe that? No. But you're going to go to her for the answer, right? Right. So if I sit here and tell you stuff about Jesus and you're like, I don't know, uh-huh. my advice to you is go to Jesus for the answer. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, okay. So in John 10, it says, my flock know my voice. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're going to hear, you're going to hear, Jesus' voice coming to you in a voice that you know, trust, and understand. And it's going to feel right within you. Okay, and that's, and that's your experience yeah, yeah, of totally. that. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Um, I've had people try to tell me Jesus is a certain way, and I've just gone, you know, that doesn't feel right. And so that's when I go pick up my Bible, and I read the, the scripture that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I... Uh, you know, it's a funny thing, our Bible, is because it's broken up in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the letters in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Paul never had those breaks in the letters. It was just one letter. But we designed the Bible to have those breaks. So when Scripture is read in a certain way in that break, it's almost, to me, it feels like the the writer is changing subject when they're not. It's one continual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to look at everything in Scripture in its context. And a lot of different faiths would say they do. Mm-hmm. It, it really is in the eye of the beholder. But every, so, you know, it really is in the eye of the beholder. But you also got to know, understand the theology of the people who have translated the Bible. Because they're going to, because, you know, how many different variations of the word there is there? Mm-hmm. So whoever is reading and interpreting the Bible mm-hmm. for the word there, mm-hmm. they're going to use it in the context of the way that they understand it. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, and it's written by man. I mean, literally. Although you said there was a woman that wrote one of the books of the Bible. I heard you give a sermon on that. Mm-hmm. That's true. But it, it wasn't common. 
It wasn't common. No. Exactly. Exactly. There's there's a lot of rumors that uh, uh, that they think Hebrews was written by one of the women because uh, because it. it is unauthored. It's exactly. an anonymous author, and exactly and because of the culture of the time, they thought that nobody would believe the book of Hebrews because it was written by a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, some of Jesus's mm-hmm. closest disciples were women. It was a woman that Jesus appeared to first, and it was, the, it was I think, Peter who didn't believe her and had to go check the tomb for himself. Right, and disciple, the word disciple was never uh, attributed. It wasn't until... To women. Yeah, so. As being that. Yeah. And it does, it does take you back to the idea of, you know, what's anybody's motivation? Mm-hmm. What, 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 if I'm going to write a book, I have a motivation for writing a book, and yeah. my motivation is to sell the book, mm-hmm. have people buy the book, to have people believe what I'm saying, because then they will buy the book and have you, I can have sell you guys, the book. Have you guys heard of the Bible Project? I don't think so. So the Bible Project is, is, is a couple of guys in, in Portland, right, who mm-hmm. uh, have basically wanted to make it so the Bible can be super understandable. They do an overview the whole nine yards, and they do it with, with uh, drawings, too. So it's pretty phenomenal to watch. If you go to YouTube and YouTube The Bible Project, mm-hmm. you can catch any book of the Bible, and it's about an eight-minute clip, and it gives you such an immense understanding to the, to the writing and the, the framework of the Bible. It's phenomenal. To get one more person's interpretation of this book, mm-hmm. that is, well, I think I think probably... An area where you and I would agree is that it's it's your personal belief. Yeah. I think that's a fair. So fair in, statement. In, in this morning, you know, it was uh, we do a Bible study at Mount Baker every Thursday at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we were there doing a Bible study today, and it's like uh, we looked at Matthew five, loving your enemies, and the we read through the scripture and we talked about it, but the whole concept of that. Bible study this morning was talking about how can we better love our enemies or how can we better love those who hate us? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, you know, some of the answers were prayer, of course, kindness, treating them with kindness, treating them with love, having compassion on them, even though when they're angry at us and, and trying to understand the, the, the results of their anger or the actions of their anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, it was, it was super enlightening. It was super amazing to hear stories of, from different different individuals in the church talking about like yeah there's one time this when i was in customer service and this guy treated me like crap and we just did nothing but treat him with kindness and love on him and about four years later he bought everybody roses (laughs) because he realized what he had been doing and Mm -hmm. apologized well and again what is his story yeah you know it's like every one of the messages in another group that we belong to p-flag is you know when people come at you with that level of hate great question is who hurt you mm-hmm. who hurt you yeah totally and because again that reaches inside of all of us for that place of compassion and i don't think compassion is uh, particularly um only something that compassion isn't something that can only be that should only be used for the good compassion is something that should be used for everybody for everybody and not just the province of of a christian yeah. I'm not a Christian. I would probably categorize myself as an atheist. Sure. I'm a moral person. I'm a good person. I think I'm a kind person. I think mm-hmm. I'm a compassionate person. And so that kind of lays, that is an overlay for yeah. all of us. We all have access to that. And I think where we get in trouble is when we think that there's only one way to do any of these things, you know? You want to say anything? I'm just, no, no I'm I, here. I, would ju- I just... <laughs>
<laughs> well, and I, you know, I, I think I, you know, I agree with both of you. Uh, that's that's where I become this pluralist person that we've spoken about numerous times. Of if we stick with just Jesus, then we're leaving out two thirds of the world. And I, you know, and I, I'm not saying I don't believe that. I'm just saying that. You know, we, we have to be open for the Hindu, the Muslim, the, the Jew, so on and so on, um, but, and the atheist. And so we're looking at people compassionately no matter what their faith is. And um, yeah, and I think that, the, that it doesn't necessarily have to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. It can be done in the name of compassion and love and kindness and peace. And see, that's where, where we disagree. Um, I, I feel like everything that I, we, whoever does, uh, as we move forward is to be done in the name of Christ because we are trying to embody Christ's teachings in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and God can reach anybody. I mean, he wrote, he reached the three kings through astrology to have them come worship Jesus. He reached them through a different religion. Again, that's a story that's told. Mm-hmm. I think one of my one of my big issues with all religion is that once you zero yourself in to being this is my box and in order for you to get X you have to come into my box. It's like, wow, really? It's too narrow a view of the world for me. Mm-hmm. Too narrow a view of of who we are. Um so yeah, I think that's an area where we do disagree. You should check out uh why I hate religion, but why I love Jesus. It's a spoken word. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Just give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's good, though. It's yeah, good. Yeah. I know. I know. I mean, we're all, we all come from our own spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a really tough subject. It's a really hard thing to think that, you know, for me anyway, that we, um, and I'm not talking into the microphone. Uh-oh. Um, I think that it's a hard issue for me because um, I I just see so many pluralities in the world. I just I see um, the Hindu with their many gods, and and yet the similarities of what we believe are so so amazing. Jesus is known through them in a different different name, different spirit, different. It, it just leaves so many questions for me in the world that seems so infinitely large um, that when we say it can only be one way, we're, we're kind of in some ways shrinking the, the power of God and think that it can only be told one direction. Um, it just feels... I don't know. I think it's just way bigger than we we could ever imagine in some ways, and and I guess that's where I I my hardest time with is with that. And I'm, you know, I'm studying. I'm still discerning. I'm, I read more every day about all kind of mystics, and um, and I think that that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's my. But in the same token, all these people, all these, you know, Gandhi and Mother Teresa and you name them, have, are out there and working hard to make the world or have been, were, you know, they're not alive anymore, but uh, out there making a difference in the world. And I think that that's what our goal is, is we're not here put on this earth for ourselves. We're put on this earth for others. And, yeah. and I think, you know, I think Kevin's doing that. I think Kevin's walking into that church and has been called to to help their church reach out and has done that has is and is doing that daily i think that's that's the amazing part about all of this 
And I think I think the courage in this for all of us is we don't live in isolated communities. No. Right. How do we do this together? Yeah. How do we come together and how do we make things work? I mean, I think we all want the same thing. We want our community to be healthy. Yeah. We want to satisfy needs that the community has and how best do we do that? And fighting amongst ourselves doesn't help that. Right. No. <laughs> exactly. Finding differences, you know, sitting there going, well, I don't believe like you. Mm-hmm. So you most definitely must not. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're entitled to your own opinion. It, yeah. It, 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 regardless right. of how wrong you are. Right. Regardless. Right. Regardless right. of how wrong you are. But Absolutely. it doesn't mean. But it does. But it does. <laughs> I love the way you say that. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that we can't still take care of our our brothers and sisters, whether whether they're whether they're um, part of our faith or not. You know. Um, you know. I think in communities such as Concrete and marble mount and all these little communities out here when things start looking kind of scary some turn inward instead of outward and we start circling our 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 wagons saying okay you know um even and not just even the churches you know our our all of us even the community centers and in the clubs and the choirs and all all of the things you know lions club you name it when things start looking a little scary we circle the wagons and say, no, we can't make changes because if we make changes, that might be just the thing that makes us fall. And I always say, especially for the faith, the, the churches, well, this is the time that we throw ourselves on the cross and say, okay, God, let's do it. Let's do this because if we don't put our faith in you, then we're then we're then we will be lost. Um, so I feel like I applaud Kevin and his church for for opening up, for um, not turning inward and saying, okay, you know what, this isn't looking. You know, the church isn't looking at trying to keep it all to ourselves, and that we're gonna, you know, have this club. And we're going to meet every Sunday for an hour, and that's all we're going to do. We're going to go out there, and we're going to touch other people's lives and do what we've been asked to do, which is reach fellow man and help, you know, be the Samaritans that we've been called to be. Well, you know, uh, when I sat down as their actual installed pastor at the beginning of the year, 2019, so it was our congregational meeting, I looked at them, everybody, and I said, what is your... uh, What's your vision for the church? You guys have called me out here to be your pastor. What is your vision? Um, I have ideas, but what is your vision? Because if you have some kind of vision, I want to partner with you in that and help bring it. Bring it. There wasn't a, a clear vision from anybody. And I said, uh, the one that I have is cleaning ourselves up from the inside out and then increasing our footprint in the community. And what does that look like? And so that's what we did. We we went through the building. We cleaned it up We from the inside. Then we started working on the outside. There's a whole new flower set up in the beginning. There's a mural out front. Um, we partnered with another church in our denomination to come. And uh, they put some new paint on, built us a new handicap ramp. And so we cleaned ourselves up from the inside. And we started working out and working out around the building, and now we're at the increasing our footprint in the community part of that vision. And that's what we hope to do uh, with with the shelter and so on. Well, I think that's a great spot to um, give the date again for this community meeting. Date of the pot? What's, what's the date of the public meeting to the ask date, questions? The, the date of the public meeting is January 22nd at 6 p.m. at Mount Baker Presbyterian, 
45705 Main Street. All right. Um, so it'll be the church. Uh, it'll be the people facilitating the shelter. Um, it'll be Skagit County Department of Public Health. Sweet. Uh, all the people with the answers. All right. Don't listen to what you hear on the streets. Come find out for real. Boy, what a novel approach. What? Cindy, it was a good day. It was a great Kevin, day. Kevin, thank you. Sure. Awesome. All right. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed that interview with Kevin. I found it most enlightening. I am absolutely thrilled. I love that he is in our community and he is bringing such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he's a go-getter, isn't he? He's, yes. He doesn't just say stuff. No. He actually... He is following through with his heart. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know... We'll see that's, what happens. Yeah, that's awesome. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yes, sir, Bob. So thanks to uh, folks out there for listening. Um, we are streaming now instead of uh, live broadcasting, which is going to create all kinds of interesting situations. But.